At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast is brought to you by the Hidden Figures podcast, my brand new project with my buddy Justice Marimi. We talk all about wealth, building it, how to steward it, how to save it, invest it, how to give it all that good stuff, and how to feel good about the whole concept of wealth. If you're interested in practical ways to not only build side hustles, invest in real estate, invest in the stock market, all that good stuff, and learn the Christian perspective on how we're supposed to view wealth, spending, investing, all that, head on over to the Hidden Figures podcast on iTunes. Check us out there. Subscribe, share, review, all that good stuff. And I think it'll be not only entertaining for you, but you'll definitely get some value out of it, hopefully. So head on over there and take a listen. On today's episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast, I've got my good comedian buddy, Dustin Nickerson, with me. I met Dustin through, what else, Instagram, and we were able to connect via DM, and he was kind enough to take some time out of his tour with Taylor Tomlinson in Philly to come on the pod and chop it up with me. Like most comedians that I interview, we get derailed super quick, uh, but that's half of the fun in interviewing professional funny people, so I think you'll get a kick out of it and maybe learn something. Fun fact that you'll learn later is that he used to work at Mars Hill Church for the old Mark Driscoll back in the day, so... Stay tuned for that, and I mean, I was incredibly interested in that topic for sure, so I think you will too. So sit back, take the next hour or so, chill out with me, and take a listen to my conversation with Dustin Nickerson. Today I'm talking with another one of my favorite funny people on the interwebs, Dustin Nickerson. Uh, this guy's been on all the platforms doing comedy. He most recently, I think did a deal with Kevin Hart on Netflix relatively recently, which Kevin Hart's, he's like an up and comer in comedy. So that that's pretty good for Dustin's career. But, uh, he agreed to spend some time with me to kind of talk about whatever in hopes of entertaining, uh, my four listeners for the next hour or so. Dustin, thanks for, uh, joining me on the pod today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. The face and a fake name of preachers and sneakers. <laughs> I don't even know My how to address you. Yeah, it even like kind of looks like you're in a locker room behind <laughs> you. Like it's it's got a bit of a compound, maybe not commune, but somewhere in between a compound and a commune behind you. For and, sure, uh, it, it kind it, of fits the vibe. Yeah, it smells like it too actually here. So, but yeah, I do spend most of my time in this ten by ten office. Um, yeah. Is it? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna get off the rails early. That's is fine. it easier for you to take hate on the internet because it's not your name, <laughs> or or does it still sting because it's like I mean it's still you on the other end? Uh, and because no, people call you out on character stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, people call me a hypocrite a lot, right? Or right. like a coward 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so, that does feel good. It feels like real <laughs> right into the veins, please. Uh, no, that it still stings just because I would love to be, this is by choice and it's strategic now, but I would love to be out in the public now so I could be like, dude, catch me in the streets and say that type of thing, <laughs> you know? But now they just, you know, people... They would like that. They would like you to elevate it to violence right away. (laughs) They would like, they, that would be, that would really calm things. Yeah. That's what a real intellectual people do when they have nothing, uh, uh, quick to say. They just resort to violence. Yeah. And and, uh, I'm banking (laughs) on that being my next move. I like when people don't get it. When people, (laughs) not when people are just like, uh, cause I'm a fan. Uh, and I like when people are just like, some people get it. You're like, it is, I mean, it, the, the irony, right, of you being called a hypocrite is you're calling out hypocrisy. At least that's how I interpret it. And then, uh, but I've like, I've had some friends who are like, oh, no, it's like an honor to get mentioned on there. Like yeah. they're recognizing, you know, your your fashion game. And I'm like, I don't think that's it. <laughs> Uh, it, <laughs> it's been interesting because it organically turned into a multi, I guess, I don't know what the word is, but people interpret it different ways. And I let right. them, I mean, it's like, I, I have this weird, frustrating place that kind of sits in the middle where I've experienced both sides. And I think it's a worthy mm-hmm. thing to discuss, but I don't, I don't have, I'm not like, uh, far right or far left where I'm just saying this is right. And this is wrong. I'm still right. trying to figure out how I feel about all of it, but it does. You're like, you're like news. You're just presenting the information and going, Hey, make what you will of Ab- this. Absolutely. You and know? that's what, uh, I find so funny because people will get so mad with me yeah. just posting a picture and the factual worth of, of these shoes. Right. And it's, uh, it makes me, it encourages me to keep going because for whatever reason that is punching a nerve in a whole group of people. <laughs> but yeah, the people that don't get it at all, that that are still like, what's the purpose of this account? I love messing with them because it's like, yeah. they'll, they'll come, it's like I posted about Tim Tebow maybe about six months ago. Uh-oh. And I, I said, uh, I said something about like, notable pastor Tim Tebow on his wedding day wearing <laughs> uh, such and such Gucci sneakers. And people, like hundreds of people, thousands yeah. maybe, came in and said, uh, you know he played the NFL, right? <laughs> and I, I had one it's just, these, yes. It's so easy to just be like, wait, what? Or like yeah, if I'll post about yeah. Kanye, I'll say, Pastor Kanye West, and they'll say, uh, he owns Yeezy. I'm like, there's no way he owns Yeezy, bro. <laughs> Prove it, please. It somebody commented uh on one of mine the other day. I did a video, um I don't rem- I don't think it was even a, about Trump, but I made a Trump joke in there. And I was, I just made a passing remark about, you know, we have this reality TV star as our president. Which is true. Was, yeah. And, and I will say, like, regardless of your politics, you can't get me to care about politics. It's impossible. So I don't, when people are like your political stance, uh, apathy. I don't, I have no, no care whatsoever on this. Like, my, my take on it is, is my, I, I just had this thought recently. I was telling my wife, is like, I want out of a president what I want at, out of a dad when we're out eating at a restaurant, like, <laughs> just don't embarrass me. Yes. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. You, you can order. You can get my food wrong. You can order for me. You can do whatever you want. I just want to be allowed to come back here afterwards. <laughs> yes. Like, no quasi-racist jokes, you know, no inappropriate stuff, no passing comments at the waitress. Yes. I just, that's what I, so I don't, but I made that remark and somebody was like, well, actually, uh, he was uh, a real estate mogul before that. I was like, do you think I don't oh, know that about know. Donald Trump? And they're like, and Ronald Reagan was a celebrity before. I was like, yeah, what? Oh, thank you. And I just said, uh, thank you so much for filling me in. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. kind of let them have it, like, because I'm like, if I, uh, I was talking to Kev on stage about this recently. It's like, you know, getting in the comments usually is an exercise in futility. Absolutely, you know, <laughs> but it can be fun sometimes. It can, but it can be fun if you're in the right headspace. If not, and you yes. write, you can get sucked. Yes, I've burned four straight hours before going back and forth, and for what? For them right. to continue to not see my point of view. Exactly. <laughs> it does feel good. I, have you had people, this is one of my favorite feelings in social media, is when they get mad and they unfollow you and then they follow you back. That feels like a win. <laughs> my, my, my favorite one is when they say they're unfollowing but never unfollow. 
<laughs> I've called out several people for doing that. Winner. Like, Ugh, okay, you know what? Unfollowing. This is. Yeah. I can't take this. And then I'll, yeah. I was. I. I'm pretty sure I screenshot and posted on my stories the next day and like, hey, you're still yeah. here, bro. I had one last week where I uh, I told a bad joke and I overstepped and it was a joke that I actually apologized for because wow. uh, and I don't I don't like uh, I don't like making a habit of that yeah. but I also don't like people like I mean have whatever stance that you want but uh, it's okay to be like my bad like it was a joke about putting my kid up for adoption and. And it was like there were like adoptees in uh-huh. there being like, "Hey, man, like this hurts. This is awful." Like, and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> like it's one thing to upset a Trump supporter. It's quite another thing to uh, to someone who was adopted and like and I was like, you know, I'm like, I realized I was like, oh no, I am perpetuating. First off, it's kind of hack. It's not even that great of a joke. Like <laughs> the point of the joke was me using hyperbole that raising teenagers is hard. Yeah. Um, but I like I I got into it and I was just like and I and I doubled down and I made a dumb comment like uh, and I was, I was so stupid because uh, I was like oh you know people are being too sensitive you know I texted my sister who has an adopted kid and I was like hey is this are people being too sensitive here or am I off and I texted a couple friends and most of them were like I mean it's a little mean and you're like okay. So, but what I was gonna say, like, I was like, okay, I'm perpetuating a harmful narrative of adoption here. This isn't helpful. I'm not, I can say my bad. I overstepped yeah. here, you know? But what I was gonna say is, I had a couple comedian friends of mine who are, you know, coming to mind. You hear about never apologize for jokes and da 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 da. And then I was, and then I was like, that's okay if that's your stance. To me, I was like, I just have to do whatever helps me sleep. So yeah. when yep. you were talking about getting into people with four hours, at the end of it, it's like, no, I feel bad here. Yeah. And I feel convicted, call it whatever you call it, and that this isn't the hill I want to die on. Right. And it's okay to be like, my bad, overstepped. And if you want to be the person that's like, no, I don't apologize for jokes, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. But whatever, I you mean. You just got to deal with it at night. You just, you're just going to have to, you, and you have to be ready. You can't, you have to be. That's when people talk about, like, should you be able to joke about anything? Sure, but you better be willing to deal with the consequences. Like, you can't get mad when people get mad at your jokes, you know? Like, you're trying to push the envelope, and, like, your free speech is as valid as their free speech. Right. So they're allowed to get... Now, that doesn't mean they're right. Like, that's the old Ricky Gervais thing. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right, Mm -hmm. you know? But you can genuinely look at something and go, like, listen... I'm my bad. On this. <laughs> I'm trying to do better. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, make people laugh. But, you know, this is, yeah. I mean, talk about punching down of all the groups to punch down on. I know, finally, the ones that don't deserve it at all. <laughs> finally, someone's given it to the adoptees like they deserve. <laughs> You're like, sheesh, Dustin. Gosh, they're, they're selfish idiot. adoptees. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I get it. I imagine, though, as uh, I've talked with other comics about this before, it it feels like, I mean, I've heard comics talk about the landscape of joke receivers. Like it's very easy for people to get right. offended, and you're at the mercy sure. of what how people interpret things. Right? Does it feel like it's encroaching in as far as like limiting your amount of joke <laughs> yes, telling or writing? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And one one thing that's hard too is like you just have to one one really challenging thing about the internet is most people only see especially if something gets big like one post they only see that one post they've never listened to your podcast they don't know who you are yep. they don't know they haven't seen the the like the history of what you've posted and kind of what you stand for like i make fun of anyone and everyone that's yep. kind of my i always say like my goals here are just to make people laugh yep. like my my lanes are jokes and helping people and making people laugh and and having a lighthearted uh and not taking anything too seriously like that's part of it you know but like I did one, I did a post the other day about, uh, was something about like, oh yeah, we went from, in one generation we went from, we don't talk about politics to the next generation was, we don't talk about politics, we only yell about politics. <laughs> and there was some, I think, well-meaning, well-intended commenter 
who was like, well, we have to, and this is your white privilege speaking, we have to yell because, you know, uh, you know, we're not being heard, and it's an outrage, and there's nothing in your profile that even mentions Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter, and you've made a clear choice here, and I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, 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 rewind and look at any of the previous posts. I'm on the, I'm, I'm taking hate on the other side, but that's what the internet is. I have been called all of them because, yeah. you know, if you make a joke about uh, Trump, then you're a libtard or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, or and if you make a joke uh, about Biden, then, you know, you're uh, a bootlicker, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's like whatever dumb t and you're like, listen, I'm making jokes on all people, which just, I guess means hopefully I would be much more popular if I, I think if I just stayed in one lane. I told my wife this the other day is like if I wasn't known as Dustin Nickerson, if I was Dustin Nickerson, the liberal Christian, which I'm not even that liberal, <laughs> but I was like, my, my brand would be huge. <laughs> 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 like just people knew what they were getting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The liberal Christian. But I don't want to be it's so true. And yeah, I guess that's the risk in being uh all things to all people. It uh, it's really just a matter of, I guess, compartmentalizing it or going to a ton of therapy as far as like being able to process people's comments <laughs> right. about your stuff because there's right, no way right. to control somebody coming yeah. in and saying one sentence about questioning your allegiance to uh, supporting Black Lives right. or supporting Trump or all that. And it, at least for me, somebody can come in and say, oh. oh freaking six word thing and my messages are on, on comments and literally ruin my entire day and so yeah you literally well, yeah you have to like people will come up with strategies to combat that somehow in yes. order to keep doing yeah. it otherwise you're gonna get burnt out yeah i try and laugh about them on the really mean ones i share them yeah, i yeah, block yeah. out there and i love doing that i because it helps it's therapeutic like uh, people will like i shared one that was just like um I just, it was a simple message. It just said, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten plenty of like, those too. <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to say, you probably get them way more than I do. And it was about a Beth Moore joke that was like pretty oh. positive Beth Moore. Yeah. I was, it was actually, a, I was like, no, I love Beth Moore. You know, uh -huh. like I'm a, I'm a, I'm on the team. Uh, but it just like it, those, that helps me a little bit, but you're right. And just like you're the state of things that you're like like i'm like do why do i have to why does the internet internet have to make me like have breathing practices right, right. <laughs> yeah. do guided meditations on an afternoon i know walk. i know i know so you do you think it is helpful or not helpful that you're anonymous do you think that people are meaner because you're a logo uh or you know or or it's it still stings the same way uh it definitely still stings but i think people probably are a little meaner because it's less uh, personified there's less right right they probably it. don't know it's one person either a right, lot of we, them probably think it's a team or yeah. some organization that they're calling and you're like ouch especially people that come late that don't know the history behind it or anything it's like how yes. do i how do i convey to y'all that it's me on a cell phone doing all of this myself i mean right for, for the the last for the first year like going until like probably covid i had a media manager that would kind of help curate comments and stuff to yeah protect my mental health and my uh, <laughs> hours because sometimes people just say hateful terrible stuff and i'm like dude i don't i don't want to be about that but um, right right I, i'm i'm excited about coming like re revealing my identity just because now i can travel around and talk and be more involved and have more like personality towards it even though my right. personality is terrible but at least I'll have the opportunity <laughs> to serve that up to people. Because right now it's like I'm so like I run up against a wall. It's like I'm the preachers and sneakers guy. I can do the podcast. I can post, and I can maybe write some things. But I can't do YouTube. Right. I can't do speaking. Yeah. I can't do any of that. And so I'm looking forward to at least trying it. Maybe it'll be worse. Like maybe people will clown me for. Whatever. They're like, "Yo, go back to the logo, <laughs> go." <back." laughs> Dude, this was a, this was a risk yeah. and you have, have failed. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of it. I mean, I was, I was sick of it maybe six to eight months ago just because I was like, dude, it's very easy for people to come and say, wow, what a coward you're hiding behind a thing. It's like, dude, right. There was like two weeks where I was uncertain about the whole thing. And then it turned into like a Christian Banksy type thing where people right. don't know who I am or what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. Right, right, right. And then it like, uh, I mean, I like, I'm sure for you, it just a two is it's like it get becomes like 
less interesting too. You're like, yes. all right, I'm just going through these pictures and then yes. Googling this information. You're like, all right, I've, <laughs> I've done this. I've made this point, yes. you know, like la- last year I did a, a thing on my Instagram where I like I talked about like ridiculous pumpkin spice products a lot. Real out of the box stuff here. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> like, wow. That's far reaching. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have had like that. What the, the bit was, I would I would people would send me these things and I would just like talk about like what's worse of the two, you know, like the potpourri smell or, you know, the the cream cheese or whatever it uh-huh. may be. And I would do these silly polls and uh, people send them to me all the time, all the time. And I'm getting so more of them. People are like, please do them again. Please do them again. Please do them again. And you're like, I get your interest level on this. But uh, first off, I've gotten a lot of new followers since then. And uh, trust me, I've lost a lot of two. Uh, yes, me too. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I want to educate everybody again and be like, remember that bit I did last year? And you're like, ah, gosh. I mean, maybe I'll do like a video nodding to it because there is something to be said for you. Like, well, this is just boring to me. That's why I started that send news thing uh-huh. where I was just like, I want to talk about everything. I don't want to talk about one topic, you know, like, and I think that's part of the reason that I lost a lot of followers in June, uh, you know, in May when I kind of started being like a little more outspoken about uh, the Black Lives Matter stuff and the George Floyd stuff. Mm -hmm. And people were just had kind of put me in this like, oh, well, you just talk about parenting and marriage and clean comedy. And you're like, no, 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 that's true. But anyone who really followed me, followed me, knew better. But a lot of people will just see you as the one thing, like you're saying. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, no, I want to talk about everything. That's yeah. why I'm in this space. You know, if I just yeah. wanted to talk about this, I would be like, I would I would write parenting books, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think about it, it's like uh, kind of the John Mayer career strategy. Like he got super famous for singing the poppy love stuff, yeah. being kind of pretentious. Yeah, absolutely. But now he's at a point where he's got diehard yeah. fans, and whatever he plays, he gets to play right. whatever he wants, and right, right. continues to crush it. Yeah, I think that's a good long term strategy for you. I mean, I, I'm going to try to do the same, like where it's you right. eventually, I guess, desensitize people to hearing other than other things than just the cult, like right. the pumpkin spice latte bits. Right, and <laughs> allows you to maybe more creatively pursue other angles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that when we were talking about, I think it's good. And one thing that I think, uh, one thing that's good about being in the comments is I think it does like actually produce empathy. And like, because you are not more valuable than that other person over there. You're just yeah. more popular. That yep. doesn't mean you're more valuable than them. You know, so a lot of time you'll listen and you're like, okay, no, no, I get it. I get it where they're coming from on these things. And that to me just like, will help a person like yourself and myself develop, I think, a more interesting platform, you know, Mm. which is like a little more like, this is what I think about everything and a little more like, you know, potentially voice of the people type stuff. Yeah, and I love that. And and making it, that seems more genuine and more like less disingenuous. So like if I, if either of us did the like Tommy Lorenz stance and was just like hardcore, this is right, this is wrong type thing, people, I mean, you're turning off half if not more the people that right yeah right yeah i agree i mean trying to be a human on the internet is a an <laughs> art form yeah trying to be treated like a human is a real <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's just very sensitive and i i one one thing to me that i find ironic is both sides um, we're talking pol- politically both sides think the other side is super sensitive and i will tell you this as somebody that makes fun of both sides they're both equally so sensitive <laughs> yeah. and i think like the far liberal left is sensitive in the name of a good cause but not necessarily always in the heart of a good cause because right. i think that just trying to burn people's careers to the ground in the name of whatever thing like is not necessarily always coming from a good place right. but i think that i'm blown away at the at people who elected a a, a reality tv star as their president i'm blown away at their lack of sense of humor about it like yes. <laughs> if you voted for trump be able to laugh about it yes. you know like for it's so love. funny like i voted for bush and he it, like every fub that like little fib that he did was so funny to me yes. like <laughs> like now i get it like i'm a comedian so everything's pretty funny to me it's like but just but again like if, if, if you're not a trump person exactly well and that's to me like is it uh, like I like 
Trump is many things to me. One of them is funny. Like, he makes me laugh sometimes. When he called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, I was dying. That's so funny. It's so <laughs> bold. Like, the it's, nerve it's to your... be... <laughs> when he said Kung Flu, I was like, no. oh my gosh. I can't... Somebody come get this man. Some... <laughs> That uh, when you're talking about like you have to deal with it the way that you can, you're just like, but that's like what, like uh, I had a relative that I won't out yeah, refer yeah. to it as the Oriental flu, and then the president called it Kung flu, and I was like, this is what old white dudes do. Yes. <laughs> I don't give an f. <laughs> Gosh, man! Oh, it's so funny, so funny. So both sides are very sensitive. Yeah. All right. Uh, you you uh, came through with your promise. You effectively derailed the conversation. I don't think you've asked a question yet. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> no, great. This is why I want you, and this is why I didn't say, prepare podcast, much because yeah, I knew podcast, that you would have. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying because I knew you'd have a bunch of uh, hot takes. Yeah. But I was gonna say that's what like that's what podcasts podcasters and are the best podcast guests because you're like I know you don't really you have some <laughs> questions but I mean are you really interested in my writing process <laughs> no I mean <laughs> there's things going and nor is anybody interested in hearing it right right if it exists at all yeah how'd you get your start in comedy I went to open mics that's what we do that's how. We started like this all how it's like, you know, how did you become an accountant? I got a degree in accounting. That's what we do. That's our process. Yeah. Uh, I do want to know what drove you to go to those open mics because open mics seem terrifying. And as somebody yes. that's always considered uh, dipping their toe into it, it still sounds terrifying. You grew up in yeah. Seattle. Was this in, when mm -hmm. you moved to SoCal or did you do comedy before that? I did not do comedy in uh, in SoCal or in Seattle. I was uh, so when I um, mm -mm, let's see here. I in college I wanted to be a journalist. I was uh, a journalism major at the time. I was going down that route. I was writing for various papers and publications. Cool. Uh, UW. And, and then did you go to UW? I went to UW. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. Uh, we um, yeah. The last like it was. Almost the last, it may have been the very last sporting event before everything got shut down was us losing in the Pac-12 tournament. <laughs> and then they canceled the rest March of the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right, Huskies lost. We're done here. Um, so anyways, the uh, um, I was that. And then I was like, I want to talk about more than just sports because I was a sports journalist. That's okay. where uh, that's, that's where I was going. And um I wanted to talk about more interesting things, but I didn't really uh, know, like, um, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know, like, I, I just thought, I was like, well, I want to talk about, like, more weighty issues than just sports. Hmm. And then, but I was, you know, I I'd like, uh, become a Christian in, like, high school, and I was in and around uh, um, church circles. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just go into ministry, you know, yeah. which is, like, a very, maybe some people have, like, an ordained calling and stuff, but other people, I think, just are like, uh, well, ministry's around. That's an option. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, that's how I, uh, uh, that's, you know, that's where I got into it. And then I worked uh, in, in youth and kids ministry for, like, seven years at a little church called Mars Hill Church. Oh, uh, small. Yeah, Mark quaint. Driscoll. So I've, I've been in and around controversy a lot of Ooh. my life. Uh, <laughs> that's a different podcast. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, you could see... That alone, you could see why I have uh, a real um, sensibility to making fun of megachurch pastors. Yes. We're like, it's my favorite thing, you yes. know. Mine I, too. I really... Yeah, I really... And I and what I... You know what the best thing is? Is when they're in your comments and they laugh. Yes. The ones who have Rare. a sense of humor, it's the best. Because it, it really does dissolve everything. And when they're like, my bad, or you got me. <laughs> like, if they had like, done that from the beginning, I my account probably wouldn't be. I mean, my account would be sub 1000 people i think yeah yeah that's that. true it was the it was the hate though that yeah it was the people who argued or this was a gift yeah. or you know yeah. <laughs> that, yeah it was pure hate that really drove the growth of my account that yeah <laughs> so yeah very let's be honest comments baby uh <laughs> it really gets them you're like but yeah uh, your guy, so your guy uh, judah smith he's one of the guys that came in he's not your guy but he's in seattle or was seattle, seattle guy yeah but he, he had a good sense of humor about it though right yeah. He did a whole yeah, talk on I, it, and he was like very gracious about it. And then he's, he's yeah. he follows me now and comments every once in a while. I, 
I knew he would cool. because he's always been that way. Plus, he's just always been super into fashion. He's always been that way since he was like a college pastor in the Seattle area. He'd mm-hmm. be like, yeah, that Judah guy, man, he's, he's an eccentric dresser. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I, um, I was always like in love with stand-up, though. And when I left, uh, we left Mars Hill before the crap hit the fan, but mm-hmm. it was rising to the fan. And so we, uh, we moved to SoCal and uh so you worked for mark driscoll yes okay that's for seven years that yeah wow. so that's Which, a seven years seven years seven years in uh at mars hill is like 30 years at somebody <laughs> yeah. else. everyone got fired and i wasn't like what you know part of the reason that i think i never got fired is i was never one of the guys like i was never one of the people in like the big platforms i always say like i was just this like this like cockroach living under a bench that just kept missing the A-bomb. Like it just like everybody around me would get fired because that was really a part of it. Like people got laid off a lot there, you know, and it was just, uh, I would just kind of miss it. And, uh, and he like, just kept I, introducing himself to you. Like, oh, you yeah, on exactly. The team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was 1500 people when we got there. It was 15,000 when we left. And, oh. but I was a non-factor there. I was just this kid that was like started as an intern, worked working in the youth ministry, doing kids ministry. Like I almost like it wasn't important enough yeah. to get fired or, or to get promoted high up, you know, not out of lack of ambition. I just didn't. So I never like, I, I, you know, I, I knew, and I mean, I guess I, you would still say, I know Mark, I haven't seen him in years. Uh, mm. but like, uh, I was never like in one-on-one meetings with him. He was never my supervisor. Right. You know, that's what a lot of people, you know, in mega churches is like, like oh you were at Willow, Willow Creek is like yeah but it's not like I had a like a weekly sit down with Hybels you know <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't we weren't close these are big organizations you yeah. know so um, we uh, so I when I, we moved to SoCal I just like you know I, I don't know if you've ever had a big move but like it's if you do it feels like a fresh start in some yeah. ways and I'm we started spending I'm, I'm you know really almost since we landed there started going to LA pretty regularly and just kind of got my heads in the clouds a little more yep. like in a good way of just like what am I what am I doing here yeah. you know because people and, are out there doing it that's the place to go yeah yeah. yeah, it really is just, you know, I don't, I would never want to live there because I think you kind of get trapped in the like, uh, I'm not doing enough. I'm doing enough. There's my friend on a billboard. I'm not doing yep. enough. Yep. <laughs> um, but I like, I, I just was like, I, maybe I want to write, maybe I want to finally get that book published or something like that. And da 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 da. And uh, I uh, just like, I just went to an open mic because I'd always been in love with comedy and, um, and just kind of crushed. Didn't stop. No, I did not crush. Uh, I did okay though. I did okay. It was three minutes, two tables, uh, combined five people. Nice. I got two laughs in the three minutes, and it was enough. And then I just wow. like, and, and this is how I like learn and grow. I like I, and then I just became obsessive. I stayed. I did the open mic. A friend came with me. I sent him home, and I just talked to comics for like the next three or four hours. I was like, well, how do you? How often do you do it? And then the, the show was like a mix of open mics, and then it went into a regular show, like the past regulars. And I started mm-hmm. talking to them. I was like, well, what does that mean? How did you get past here? What you know? I just started asking and asking. So you were the noob, him. noob of all noobs. I was, yeah. And but if there's one thing comedians will talk about, it's themselves. So yeah. <laughs> you know, they're you know. So I just didn't. Uh, I just here's the thing about open mics. To me, they are so brutally hard that they're like a boot camp in the sense that like it'll weed you out if you don't want to do it if yeah. you a lot of a lot of uh a lot of folks in similar spaces to you have dabbled and then they go no I don't want to do this I don't because it is like you know to there's one thing to have a platform and start doing shows in comedy clubs that's not stand-up comedy that's Mm -hmm. you have a platform and people are coming to see but you're kind of participating in a different form of entertainment it's not Mm -hmm. a bad form of entertainment it's just not stand-up comedy stand-up comedy is a a very specific thing that's honed in a very specific way you know like uh Chappelle having will smith do 10 minutes that's not really stand up right. <laughs> he's gonna get laughs regardless it's like when a pastor does exactly. a joke they're gonna get laughs. oh regardless. yeah oh yeah no exactly if you're like me at all this quarantine has been kind of a bummer and i've really been looking for ways to improve my thought life improve my time meditating and reading and i found that 
The Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide has been a huge help. So if you check out The Upper Room, you can count on them for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's really the only daily devotional magazine that's written by readers, ordinary people like me, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The Upper Room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. And you too can enjoy a free 30-day trial of the email or app service by visiting upperroom.org slash welcome. That's upperroom.org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. Check it out. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's And that's part of the reason that I thought I could do it. As I was like, oh, I'm pretty funny. And then I was like, it's very different when people go, be funny. You're yeah. here to be funny. Ready, go. So, yeah, exactly. So I just kind of stuck with it and just kept doing it. So you, that's the point of saying, like, I think they are so brutal that it's a good thing that you'll you'll know right away. And then I was also like, I need to work to get out of these as soon as I can. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that schedule is bonkers. Like you, if, if you want to make it, you got to be there six nights a week, sitting yeah. up there for three hours in order to do five minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The open mics. Yeah. It is pretty grueling. And it was, it is hard. Like, uh, do you have kids? Do you, or do you talk about this? I don't know. Uh, I don't, um, I don't have okay. kids. Yeah. The, um, um, it, that's the part of the schedule thing is just so brutal of just like, oh gosh, you know, a lot of times, like you said, you have to like leave at six to go sign up and then you're not on until like one and you're gosh. just like, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal. So, and it's bad and you go home sad and, uh, bad and sad. That's just the, a nice cycle <laughs> of self-loathing self yeah, exactly. and anticipation. Yeah. And what am I doing here? And, you know, but I think that in that way, having a family worked against me. And another way that it helped me is more substantial. It's like, I need to like get good at this as soon as I can though. Yeah. I need to, I need to be great at this. Like I need yeah. to get money in this. I need to advance. I need to outwork everybody. And that came in the fashion of just like building up socials or starting a podcast or getting a website or like networking or getting, hitting the road. And, you know, just like, when when there's an urgency to like be a pro at it, like you do, kind of, uh, you know, tend to work a little harder. You know, yeah. Were you working at the time? I mean, this isn't an overnight. Yeah, thing. yeah. I, I did. I I did. Uh, I did five years of working both, and which is I'm very blessed. Like that was that's a short period. A lot of people Jeez. can't go pro at five years. You know, it's a lot of uh, Leno said seven. You know, usually by everyone, you know, who's going to be a pro is usually a pro by seven years. But I think that that's a different Leno came up at a different time. Yeah. You know, like I, the, 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 I remember I, I did uh, years ago, I was middling at a club, uh, Zany's in Chicago for a uh, comic friend of mine named Don Friesen. who was one of the first guys to take me on the road and he handed me my feature check. And for your listeners, feature is the middle act. So there's an M- host MC feature and then a headliner. So I was the feature oh, okay. act Good and he headlined. Yeah, he he gave me. I looked at the check and he goes, just out of curiosity, how much is it? And it was like you know in the hundreds. I don't remember what it was, but we had been there for like a week. And he goes, like, I know this is going to hurt your feelings, but I just want to let you know that that feature pay that you just got is the same that I got here featuring in 1994. <laughs> and I was like, that does hurt my feelings. That very much that hurts my feelings because I think seventy, yeah, seventy five dollars a show would have gone a lot farther oh. in uh, in nineteen ninety four than it does right now. So uh, I don't remember why we started talking about that. But you're, you're um, working double. Oh, I was working double. Yeah, I was working at a rec center. Um, favorite job I've ever had. That Big wasn't money. comedy. Love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a fun job. You know, it was a, it was people based. It was uh, there's we played a lot of ping pong. Uh, yeah. You know, lo- yeah, a lot of lot of lot of pickup basketball games. You know, like it was in the community that I live in. Uh, still, my wife still works there a couple hours a week. We're still actively involved in there. That's cool. So we're we're. I was grateful for that. Um, but there were a lot of I was I was golfing with a friend of mine recently, Adrian, and he was he was he's the guy that took my job. He was like my assistant manager and then he took over when I left and he's like, Bro, you used to come in on those Monday mornings looking haggard. Just because what <laughs> I would do smelling like Bartar. Smelling like at best Bartar and a little bit of airport. Because what I would do <laughs> a lot of the time is I would work the clubs. Well um I would I usually with clubs you're Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday and a lot of the time what would happen is I would work the Sunday through Thursday the week before and then I would take the first flight out Friday and go to wherever I was going in the country mm-hmm. and then I would take I would stay at that place Friday, Saturday, do the show Sunday night, save money in the hotel 
and then um, go sleep in the airport and then uh, and then take the first flight home back to the West Coast and be in around 10 or sometimes noon, depending. Like I did that. I did that like probably half the weekends for about three or four years. And in my mind, I was like, nobody even notices. I'm just out here crushing it. And then my closest coworker was like, dude, you looked like hell. (laughs) For three straight years. (laughs) I was like, for every Monday for three years, he's like, yeah, it was like kind of a known thing. Like, don't stand too close to Dustin on Mondays. He is tired (laughs) and smelly. And I was like, well, I'm also sore because I tried to figure out how to do that sleep between the arm rests on a, on a, uh, airport bench. Ugh. Those things are. Uh, why? Why? Don't That's do that. Terrible. And you stayed married the whole time. Stayed married. Still married. I read uh, online that be, you've been married for fifteen years, mm, or maybe sixteen now. Yeah, I need 16. to update that bio. Uh, Thirty-six years. Thirty-five. Wife is thirty-six. Uh, just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> the you know I'm yeah we got married young. I was nineteen. She was twenty. Do the high school sweetheart thing. It helps a lot. It's uh, two things that really help. And the reason that I'm still married is the reason that I even do comedy. My wife is an artist. She gets it. She gets the drive. She's a graphic design major. She's very creative. Nice. She, uh, you know, she um, like is totally, uh, you know, right brained in that sense and understands mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I kind of I need to create. You know, um, and if I can create and that and be compensated for that, like, let's go. And we both have kind of a shared desire to to show that to our kids of just like, no, no, man, you can like, I can't tell my kids like, you got to get it. You got to be a doctor, a lawyer. Like, really? Really? Really, What you based on what you do on the weekend in six years? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. You're out here making poop jokes and paying (laughs) rent. And you're telling me I have to be a lawyer like. So uh, the um, I was going to say the, the, and the other part of it is, you know, it, it has gotten to the point now where things are good enough that like I need help running this thing. And yeah. and 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 Melissa, my wife, is in it with me. I mean, we're I mean, Dustin Nickerson comedy is an LLC. I'm CEO. She's CFO. Like we got books to run and taxes to do and yeah. stinking websites to update. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. And she's really. She's really in in the nitty gritty with me, so and she's on the podcast uh, a lot. She's on your podcast a lot. She is, yeah, she is. We she's you got know, good the, podcast uh, voice. She does, right? She's very sweet. Uh, yeah. she's not a sweet person, but she's very sweet it. on. Uh, and I, I say that on the pod, like <laughs> people are like, "Is your wife sweet?" It's important to have. She's not sweet. She's driven. Uh, <laughs> she's funny. She, uh, you know, she's passionate. I would yeah. never call her sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's the. That's not. Not everyone gets to be sweet. Um, but yeah, she uh, she does the pod with me about half the time, and uh, a lot of that just started because of quarantine. I was like, "Hey, it's pretty hard to get guests, right?" now mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah exactly yeah i mean you're out here settling for me we all know as many celebrities have taken a turn Dallas. <laughs> so yeah so did both for a while i see okay that's cool and so now i mean you're doing it full time i mean you went through the stages of like performing at random ass churches like mm-hmm. any type of place you could RACs are what we call those yes actually. yes no yeah. that's <laughs> incorporated <laughs> a rack huh? i got another rack tonight yeah. um but now i mean at least i read your rap sheet online i mean you've been on hulu netflix you've been on fox you've been on all these different platforms when did yeah. that kind of stuff start happening and how did that I, here's feel? the thing the church stuff like i've never churches have always been about 10 percent of what i do i just when i started i started touring with john christ and tim hawkins and then i kind of got thrown in that space a little oh, bit oh you're a but part, christian comedian exactly but yeah. i am a christian uh but part of the reason that both of those guys took me is i don't really talk about it i don't do jokes about church or christianity i just it's not in the act and because you know, I'm a club comic. Like, I'm in yeah. the secular space. That's where... So when I'm, like, hanging out with other comics, they're, like... A lot of them don't even know that I do that stuff, you know? Like, so I, I, I've done those gigs, but it's not really... It's never what I sought out to be. I have no interest in that, you right. know? And I mean, It's I, a I'm very not, limited market. <laughs> well, yeah, first off, you get treated like a pastor there, and I, you know, I don't... I have no interest in that. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's 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 very limited, and it's... And it's um, 
Uh, and there are some insanely funny and talented comics. Tim Hawkins makes me cry laugh. He's I mean, he's one of the funniest, yeah. most talented human beings I've ever met. And yeah. like, I would watch his show all the time. And uh, any of the folks that uh, toured with him, uh, John, Bob Smiley, John Branion, all Johnny W. We all talk about like this man is uh, like a savant. You know, and he's been so doing it, it forever. It, forever and he did it totally his own way like he's had all the big agencies all the big shows kind of come to him and he's like why you know <laughs> what i'm getting these I gigs without y'all yeah i'm selling four or five thousand tickets without you i'm good you know yeah. like so but i so i have done a lot of that stuff but i i always just felt like for me and this is only for me i wanted to be as universally funny as I could be. I, I, I've always wanted to be, I've always prided myself on versatility. Can I, can this act be funny anywhere under any circumstance? And the yeah. answer is no, uh, but I try. <laughs> it's a good goal to have. Yeah, I, but I do, I do try to have, you know, like uh, an act or at least enough jokes that I could kind of survive anywhere yeah. you know and maybe not thrive maybe not thrive but i could survive like when i get booked for like a youth camp i'm always like oh gosh no i mean half this of my act thriving. is ripping front of teenagers the other half is about being married like i don't so but i'm always like i'll give you a half an hour i can give you a half an hour i can't for double the price <laughs> exactly yeah that was one of the last gigs i did i did a gig a youth camp in june and i was like oh gosh i don't want to yeah. do this how much okay i'll be there okay. um <laughs> all yeah. right um, exactly. So, so you're on tour, or you're you're doing just Philly right now. You're on tour with Taylor Thompson. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Philly right now. It's everything is so um, everything is so like uh, start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. You know, like yeah. I'm in uh, like this. I'm in Philly right now for almost two weeks, which I've never gone this long. That's very rare that I've ever toured like this. But it's the type of stuff. Because they don't have their normal venue and because Taylor's selling a lot of tickets, we're outside and mm. there's like a capacity at like 70 people. So they just kept adding uh, shows, adding shows, adding shows. So, I mean, the idea that you would be here that long is, you know, pretty unheard of. But and then so I'm home for a little. Steaks. Like so many cheesesteaks cheese a day yeah. for I know. two weeks, bro. I, and I'm out here trying to lose weight to film a special. This is not helping me right here. I got Duncan and cheesesteaks. So <laughs> the... um. So it's this, and then it's just I'm doing a couple. I'm doing like a. Uh, I just kind of polled my fans a while back to see if anybody be interested in me doing backyard shows, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I have some of those coming up. Uh, I, I'm stringing along here. I go from here to Emporium, doing one there, and uh, then somewhere in Virginia, and then I fly home, then I come back out. And that's kind of what it is. It's just mm -hmm. like a little here, a little there, a little here, you know. And then certain states you can do like I was. I'm doing this conference in Florida that I was like, well, there's no way that's gonna happen. Now in Florida, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna, we don't give an f in Florida. They're like. Everybody's sitting on each other's laps here. Yeah, no masks allowed. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're not going to live in a spirit of fear. So you just yeah, casu you, in, you just casually throw out that you're recording a special soon. Yeah, yeah. On what? Who's, who's producing it? Well, that that's why I don't. Uh, that's why I don't. Uh, when is this? This will probably be public information by the time that it's being produced by Kev on stage. Uh, oh, we're not I love sure him. Yeah, I'm a big fan, and I owe a lot to Kev. And uh, he's hilarious. I'm, he's so funny. Yeah, we're. Um, um, I mean, there's a chance that none of this. I'm going to speak super candidly, and if none of this is happening, I will tell you to take this out. Uh, it looks like on December 26th or December on September 26th, I'm going to be filming a special outdoors in LA in this cool little space where uh, you know I, I've been wanting to film the special for a while. Everything was chipping along. We had some interested buyers. Da 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 da. Uh, end of the world happens. Mm -hmm. Now we're here and. Um, this kind of came about in an interesting organic way um, with this production company called Transit. They've done a couple of really cool specials like with Tony Baker, yes. really cool stuff. And um, and then Kev said he wanted to be involved. So where it's going to be, we don't know yet. I think we'll know by the time uh, we should know by the time we film. But like it's totally just the wild, wild west as far as specials and hours and stuff go right Dude. now, because it's like. It might just go land on Kev's YouTube page. I don't right. know, you know, like which probably get a lot of views. So I'm not going to complain about that. Um, yeah. I hope it crushes. I mean, those guys. Thanks, man. Those two guys are so underrated in the grand scheme of things. Like Tony Baker's right. videos. 
I watch every single day. And that is some mm-hmm. of the purest comedy, like his voiceover videos yeah. destroy me every single yeah. time. Yeah. Every yeah. Video. He gives me the real giggle laughs. I was watching him do a set the other day and he was he was doing a bit like, Man, you ever see you ever seen the the moon out during the day? Like, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> you eavesdropping on the sun? That's like the silliest Stupid. But then he'll also, and then the next post, he'll be like, yo, these cops got to stop killing people. And you'll be like, all right, Tony, you are (laughs) going after all of it. I love it. I really, he's a, he's a really, really pure, funny human. Like just like to his core, like those dad joke videos that they used to do. I mean, watching him not laugh makes me laugh. I mean, you're (laughs) dialed in at that point kev posted a thing so on the last social distancing show that he has this thing called um keep your distance comedy it's like a virtual comedy club there's like this is where i got connected with the production company like there's like 20 people there and then it's streamed out and uh i had a good set and the people were like hey let's start talking i was like let's talk big i want to film a special and we've been rolling that way but he he ended it being going he's like i used to be a preacher and I can preach on anything. And he did it and he posted this video. You got it. And he's like, hey, you, you, Isaacs, people are saying, well, you could never preach about the WAP. And he did it. And it is so, so crying funny. I couldn't believe it. he wrote it during the show. This like, is Kev, right? This is Kev on stage. Yes. And it is I think so I saw funny that. and oddly poignant. <laughs> and, and Cardi B shared it. Oh, did she really? Like, this, she did. And oh. I was like, this is like legit from the heart. <laughs> I'd seen some of, such his, a, some of his earlier videos preaching or like comedically yeah. preaching with the towel and yeah. like the stutter. And yeah. watch yeah. this, watch this. It's just like yeah. so Yeah, he's pure. so good. He's a really fun guy to just, uh, Trevor Wallace is another example of that, of just kind of watching people find what their thing is. And then it really resonates with folks and it really just kind of takes off. And it's like, and you know, and it it is so good. And I hope to one day find it (laughs) for myself. Keep pressing on, looking. I know I've taken about an hour of your time, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask a former... Uh, Mars Hill employee and uh, Christian guy forever what he thought about preachers and sneakers or the whole concept of maybe these Instagram mega church pastors them being celebrities and them wearing $2,000 shoes <laughs> uh, that's um, yeah I mean here's the thing like I've been pretty uh I'm not for or against any one church size. I I think it's yeah. all very. Uh, what's that? Oh, I was I was Wait. agreeing with you. Yeah, I mean, I think that I've met some of the. I've met some very chill, very humble, um, mega church pastors of dudes that like. There's there's this uh, this pastor of uh, a church up in Valencia, California, named Rusty. And called like it's a how he's mix it up. Is it real life church reality? One of those ones, one of the real ones, you know, okay. they keep it real. Yeah. One of the kindest, sweetest, most humble dudes I've ever met. I love him. Big fan. The as far as I can tell, the church makes a huge impact in the community, all those kind of things. That's love dope. it. Big and it it's so cool. As far I mean, he might be totally corrupt. I have no idea. For I've sure. just talked to him five times and he seems pretty good. And then I've met some small church pastors with the biggest egos I've ever met in their life. <laughs> in my life, you know. <laughs> to me, it's just uh, I I get it. I was in it for a long time. But I what is so maddening to me is the branding, like the platform of the branding of the platform and like the yeah. high produced videos and the captions over yep. it, you're just like oh no well we have to build this we have to build this so for the sake of the kingdom and da 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 and i was like i don't listen i can't be the judge on those things my only thing and i will say this from someone who was at a part of a mega church is if your church went away one of the pastors at that church i remember he said this if your your, your ministry went away if your church in your area went away with the people of your church in your city even care would they lament your demise would they or would they be glad to see you go and to me if like 
if you're not making like a really huge, significant impact in the area that you are at, that your ministry is supposed to happen, I was like, what are you even doing here? Yeah. You know, like, I don't care if you're wearing shoes, as long like expensive shoes, as long as you're putting coats on people's backs in your community that need it, you know, like as long you, you have a nice house, have a nice house, but make sure that the homeless in your community have a house, you know, mm-hmm. like as long as it's both, as long as it's like, uh, you know, like, I understand that some people just have different interests. Like cars are a good example. Like I don't judge anyone that drives a nice car. Just nice cars don't do anything for me. They don't, I have no interest in spending money on a nice car. It just, it's not a pet. Do I probably spend a ridiculous amount of money on high end coffee? Absolutely. I absolutely (laughs) do. And you could judge me for that. Is that way less impactful than a car? Sure. But I, I don't, I have that coffee life giving though. (laughs) that to me is just it like i'm 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 in the world of non-christians like i'm this is where i'm at and i hear what they have to say about your church and i hear what they have to say about you and your ministry and i understand that a lot of folks are like oh no that's just persecution no it's not they just don't think you matter they don't think that the work that you put into the world is making a significant impact. And I know that your church should not be judged by non-Christians solely, but they should like the work that you're doing. Like, you've never heard, like, you know who people don't rip on? The Salvation Army. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, they don't, you know, nobody's like, man, that freaking Salvation Army. just lining their pockets oh my gosh helping in all those emergency disaster relief efforts Ah, (laughs) they're just in it for the image yeah like people don't really like you've never heard a lot of people crap on world vision you know like you know they're like oh no no no. people are doing some good work so i don't you know i don't know people's hearts but i will say this like we maybe this has come full circle if you're going to be a comedian and you're going to make a joke, and you know it might be a little edgy, you better be prepared for some pushback on that. And if you're going to be a pastor who does not pay for anything, yep. you're, you, you get paid by your people. You're there because of their tithe. And with somebody else's tithe dollar, you're going to buy a $2,000 pair. Uh, and, and you know what? Some people are like, oh, no, it's the book deal. Why did you get a book deal? Because of your big church. Yes. You're there because of your people. Your whole image, platform, everything is based on the generosity of your people. You work for them, you know? And uh, <laughs> that's why I like when I see people that get so mad, like especially uber conservative Christians, like, oh, my tax dollars are going to this. Well, your tithe dollars going to that. So be consistent, <laughs> you know? Like, So uh, if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, and I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't, just you need to be prepared for pushback. And I think that that's what your account does, is it keeps a little accountability. And if your congregation congregation doesn't care and they can have a good sense of humor about it, fantastic. And if right. your conscience is clear, again, I'm not in any position to judge. But you cannot wear those things with the intent to get noticed you know, like that's why you wear flashy clothes is to get noticed and then get noticed and then get mad that you got noticed. Like this is <laughs> this is you did this. I'm just like you said, you're not throwing any shade. You're just like you're just you're just presenting facts. You know, yeah. it was a gift. I got it on sale. OK, I mean, that's probably true. Maybe probably a lot true. of the time they did own get it on sale. instead of being. Yeah. Freaking... But for your sake, it's got to be the highest number possible. Right. <laughs> I mean, that makes for better content. Exactly. <laughs> Admittedly. Uh, people all the time will say, dude, you should do some of the more, uh, you know, more reasonable shoes. Some of the pastors that are just wear khakis. I'm like, dude, does that sound interesting and fun to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't to me. Yeah. Yeah. MacArthur's making other kinds of headlines. He doesn't yeah, need you. That's true. He doesn't need, <laughs> he does not need any more publicity. He's, yeah. Yeah. Need any the, like, more flashiness. Yeah, like Tim Keller and sneakers is not an interesting thing, you know. Not whatsoever. Keller's a good example of a guy who I was like, oh yeah, no, this guy's this is he's an intellectual. He's been in Manhattan. He's made an impact. He's you know he's written books that seem to matter. He's his city seems to care and love for him. You know, like I mean, this to me seems like, and that's a big church. You know, in our it's area, that it's hard to a, have a big church, and yeah. he's able to influence young people. Like 
young yeah, professional Yeah, yeah, and he did, I, I, you know, for a long time he did the Q&As after the services and answered people's questions and intellectually stimulated a lot of people, you know. So, yeah. I, again, it's it's uh, the size of your church matters, you know, really nothing. To me. But I just, it, you know, I'm in the space and you're in the space that, like, you know, like when you see a video of some guy in some incredible outfit, you know, and then he's like, and you listen to him and it's like got like 2 million views or whatever, 10, 20 million views. And you're like, I just watched a guy say nothing for two minutes. Like, I mean, just literally there was no, Substance. I mean, there's just not an ounce of matter to what the things that he said, you know, yeah. that's like, like, that's where I'm just like, what are you doing? I, I usually, a lot of time I usually get less discouraged about the person and I get like a little, a little more discouraged about the lack of critical thinking amongst the church you the ability know? <laughs> to discern the ability to ask questions the ability to say hey can yeah. we have a little more than just the pull yourself up by your bootstraps talk? yeah yeah and i get i think that there's a place for that i think that that absolutely matters you know but it, sometimes it just gets a little like when that's the most popular thing you're just like <sighs> yeah I mean, it's a commentary <laughs> on all of us i think because we're yeah. demanding that i mean we demand digestible entertaining yeah type sermons in a lot mm-hmm. of contexts and of course, people are going to be really good communicators and serve that up for us if we're demanding. It. Right, right. Yeah. So, well, and I mean, a lot of times yeah. it's it's what part of the thing that can be discouraging, too, is like somebody usually does it really well once. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like and then it gets like copycatted a bunch. So like, oh, what if we had like a, a sermon series or the slide behind us in a logo? You're like, All right. OK, now you've got we could drive a motorcycle a- onto stage. Ex- <laughs> and then you've got some guy meeting in a middle school for 11 people who's like the graphic designer is the second hire that's <laughs> we get pastor and graphic designer yes. <laughs> and we're gonna pay him thirty thousand a year <laughs> it'll be great it'll be perfect yeah yeah we need a social media guy that's like that's Absolutely. that's gonna be the key to us growing right now I'm but screwed. i feel for pastors because it is like and you know it's a total digital era you know it's yeah. yeah no and thank get- you yeah, I know me either, and I get the desire. No, thank to you, and that I don't want to do it. That's what I mean. No, agreed. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely don't want to do it, um, and I get wanting to reach as many people as possible. But there's an interesting yes. like inflection point where it turns into like I'm here for the social media and not here for the mission of the whole thing. It's right. You know, right. Again, that's probably a, another podcast, um, but surprisingly insightful comments from a <laughs> uh, comedian performing in backyards. <laughs> You know what the um you know when a pastor is funny and you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Uh-huh. Uh the same thing is when a comedian is insightful. You go, It yes. wasn't really that insightful. You just didn't see but, it coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, I'll give you that. Okay. That's way more than I expected. But Wow. Wow. I did not see any amount of critical thinking coming on that guy. That was really something. I mean, at a at a, on a level of one to insightful, like that was a four, but for a comedian, out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> Dustin Nickerson, this is your time to plug all the things that you've got going on in the world. Where can people find you online? Sure, yeah. All my life? social media handles are at Dustin Nickerson. Uh, you can give me a follow there. Uh, and uh, I have a podcast called Don't Make Me Come Back There. Uh, we are a funny podcast about family. Uh, new episodes every Tuesday. Uh, so, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to that there. Heck yeah. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review, maybe. Heck yeah, bro. A good one. Yeah, a good one. Don't yeah, yeah. don't be using those <laughs> one star reviews. And potentially a special, a mysterious comedy outdoor special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Available somewhere, probably some actually I'm I'm gonna bother you again to come promote that. So whenever that comes out, I'm coming on again. Heck yeah. Happy to do it. I mean, I'm not doing anything else with this platform, so <laughs> might as well hook other people. Yeah, up. I've I've been holding off calling on fa- uh, calling in favors and uh <laughs> that's uh I'm going to ring that bell in November. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got a ton of influence, so you should get six new consumers. Uh, every that. Yeah, I don't want to tweet. I want an Instagram share, buddy. Okay, I don't want... you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't want my 2,000 Twitter followers to see? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Dustin, it's great to meet you, seriously. And, uh, you as well, buddy. I, I think you're incredibly hilarious because it's very you. hard to be funny, especially now, especially being clean and not being able to be in person uh, yeah. in a lot of contexts. So. Clean and mean. That's my brand, buddy. Clean and clean and mean. Clean and mean. <laughs> that should be your tattoo if if it isn't. Yeah. All, <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, uh, I really appreciate your time, and I hope you crush Absolutely. it in Philadelphia. Tell Taylor I cool. said, uh, "What's up? What's happening?" 
and okay. I will uh, talk to you later. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate right, it. Buddy. Talk to you later. Boom. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. If you didn't do what I told you to do at the beginning, head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the pod, rate, review, and share the episode if you can. Would love it if you did that. It's a huge help. You have no reason to other than me asking. So I really appreciate everyone that's been doing that for me. Uh, well, at least the positive reviews, but I'm willing to take the negative reviews for feedback purposes. So do what you want, but we'd really love if you subscribe and big shouts out to Dustin Nickerson again for spending all that time with me. Uh, I loved getting to talk to him and getting to know him dude. It's hilarious, uh, professionally. So, uh, super fun to talk to a guy like that. Uh, if you haven't follow him on all the socials at Dustin Nickerson, Check out all of his YouTube content. He's got a ton of really good stand-up online. Uh, be sure to follow him on all that. Consume his content and share it with your friends because uh, he really benefits from all that. And be on the lookout for that super secret special that he's working on. Uh, I think in LA is what he said. So thanks again to Dustin. Thanks again for listening to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. And looking forward to hanging out for the next episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.